Let's start off with uh, let's start off with the AEW. Let's let's start off with the lucha. It's Wednesday. Uh, we got a big night. There was a lot of big news coming out of Dynamite. Plus, it was just a packed, packed card. And I don't know about you, but I'm just a huge mark for their media scrums. Like I set the reminder, and if I fall asleep, I will watch the entire media scrum the next day, like immediately when I wake up. And yeah, I, because they've they've done these differently, where they kind of book them as a shoot, their shoots. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think that it really makes it feel like it's a, a you know, a legitimate sporting contest, which it, it in in a way it is, right? These guys are competing with each other. Just you can have predetermined outcomes for the actual matches, but if you listen to Punk, it was just. I don't know. It just—it's real, and when and when wrestling is real, it just feels good, and the, and the media scrum really adds to that. And when that—I don't know which reporter it was—when that reporter asked CM Punk to comment on Eric Bischoff saying that CM Punk was the biggest financial flop, when Tony Khan went into freaking rooster mode, and there's already memes for it. He went into freaking. And I was like, oh, Punk was cursing. But then I was like, oh, I can't believe he's cursing in front of the boss. And Tony Khan's like, that's fucking bullshit. That's bullshit. And he just started like, sorry, now I dropped. Or just like He just started like flame warring and just like, oh. And he was started giving like legit numbers of like how CM Punk really did affect the bottom line and get them into the black. And, I was, and he was defending him on there. I was like, this is great. This is great. This is what I want to see. <laughs> Tony Khan's a hothead. He really is. Like he's like a he's like uh blows his top tech boss. Yeah. That you hear screaming <laughs> in the other office. Yeah, he can I mean he seems like he's always he's very polite to everyone on the camera, but when that and he was even nice about it, but he was just flipping out on that reporter and just like a, and then even Sam Punk says, We're not talking about that anymore. Let's he cut him off. He's just like, Let's go to a new spot because we're not cutting that off. And that was a big, you know, big news. And the other big news coming out of that was the MJF walkout. That kind of overshadowed the whole show, honestly. Or did it and it I think it helped the buy rate. And we're gonna find out here in forty five minutes because MJF is gonna be on Dynamite and they actually announced it. So He's gonna be on? He's gonna be on Dynamite tonight. So I'm I'm really curious, but JJ, let us know, let us know what's happening. <laughs> yes, yeah, exactly. We might have to throw that on there, but it was it was will he or won't he show up? Which I think it was great for the buy rates, definitely. But I feel uh, it was a weird energy to start the show. Well, because we were debating if it was a worker or a shoot, but then the way Tony Khan handled saying I'm not going to comment on that, then I realized, oh, this is a shoot because he. I feel like as good as Tony Khan is as promoting his stuff, what he's probably not good at is working the crowd. Like, I never want to see Tony Khan, the evil promoter, because I don't think he's going to be as good. I just want to see Tony Khan, the passionate fan who's be turned into this great promoter that's created the, you know, us an alternative brand. So when he really, and then he threw that shot on there, it's just like, you know, and this was later on in the scrum, and he's, when I do my contract negotiations, I do it with honor. And I feel like he was taking a shot at MJF on that because everyone knows. And it was great. MJF was just like, January 2024, it's going to be the biggest bidding war. And that's cool. And I think, but I feel like if that was where he was going, he may have pulled the trigger too early. Can we, yeah, actually, let's, can we focus on this for a little bit? Because yeah. I feel like yeah, this it. needs to get talked about, this entire thing that happened, right? Yeah, it's huge. Because um, 
because my first instinct was yes, this is a work. Okay, Sasha and Naomi just worked out, uh, walked out. Um, Tony Khan's smart; he's playing up on that. You know what I mean? That's in the, that's already in the atmosphere. So why not have something with that over here? MJF's a heel; he could do a dick move like that, right? It sounded it sounded good. Then it started coming out that it was it wasn't so much of that, and uh, it was probably real. And it's kind of like, well, I was like, that's really shitty, right? It's really if that's if that's a fact, then it's like, yeah, MJF just comes up as a huge dick, like, yeah, in real life. Yeah, right? no, and I, that's what I mean. It is like Wardlow's big. It was a two year build for that. Yeah, or more, or year and a half, two years, whatever. And to you know screw him over when it's finally his 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 night. It's like that sucks. That's really crap. That your coworkers would hate you. Yeah. Right, because they you know, MJF got over being MJF, but he also got over being MJF by other people helping him to continue to be MJF. So for like you said, I I was one I didn't realize how hot Warlow was. I was like, ah, they I even felt like they kind of pulled the I told you this. I feel like they kind of pulled the trigger early on the Warlow experiment. Like I feel like they needed to do a little bit more build, but I I, I stand corrected because he was he was uber over and you know, give it to MJF. He came in here and he did he did the job. He did the duties and he went in there and it, and he worked that angle the right way he should have worked it and but the whole behind the scenes stuff. I I hope it's not true. I hope it was somewhat of a, a semi work. And look, I'm not saying I don't. I do want to see the biggest contract negotiation between WWE and AEW closer to the end of the contract. Because guess what? If it happens now, and he finds a way to, he's not going to get out of his contract. And their WWE, they're already stacked to the gills. It, it would end up being a waste. It's not going to... If he wants to have that Chris Jericho moment of jumping to Monday Night Raw or even Cody more recently, the Hardys when they did that, I think he would have had to wait that time. He would have had to wait closer to the end of the contract of the will they, they won't team. Because now if you do it, think about what happened to Bray Wyatt. Like how much steam does Bray... Like Bray Wyatt's going to get a big pop when he comes back, wherever he comes back. But how big of a pop would you have when you were expecting him to come? I don't know. I think if that's what he was doing, I think it was a mistake. But maybe, I don't know. It, maybe it's just too hard of a... Is it really a, that bad of a place to work? Like, what happened that changed it? Don't know. But, I mean, he's definitely a top guy there. I, I guess the the story says he wasn't... Uh, he felt he wasn't getting paid what he deserved. And, you know, I understand that. You know, he's he's a big part of that uh, show. He's uh, one of the top guys. But um, Well, yeah, there was a quote today, too, that's saying that, you know... Tony Khan said MJF was a huge part of AEW's growth, which he, he undoubtedly he was right. He was one of the four pillars. He was one of the pillars, and he's you look at him and he's an AEW guy. I don't care how many videos of Samoa, Samoa Joe pushing him as an NXT security guard. You don't you know that's now it's like a footnote. He's an he's an AEW top heel guy that can now have a run with CM Punk. For the pretty platinum. So the whole time when this was going on, I was wondering in my head what you thought about this. But like this whole thing playing out, what is how does this affect Vince's opinion of MJF? Right? Because this is a very much of a, a uh, not doing business kind of thing to do. Yeah, you know. 
that's my concern is it will, you know, and everyone's like Vince doesn't pay attention to anything going on anywhere, but the other people do and other people are in Vince's ear. And yeah, if you're not going to do the, the time, if you're not going to do, you know, honor your contract, it's right. It's the same thing when you want, when you want to beat somebody, you want to give them something because you want to make it feel like you're beating somebody. You don't want to just squat. That perception is reality. And I think, I think it would negatively affect any kind of contract negotiations that you have going on there, which that means is really does MJF, is he believing his own hype? And now he, he thinks that he can get away with, but it, you can be a, a great heel and the money drawer all you want, but in the end, you're going to still have to play ball, right? You still have to play ball for it to work. You can't go into business for yourself against the office you can play the offices against each other sure but if you're if you're going to walk out at one why is the other one going to take a chance on you jj says he wants to get paid like adam cole punk and joe are getting paid arguably he's arguably bigger than cole and joe and aw it's true i mean oh, he's that's huge accurate it's uh, accurate but yeah i i yeah and i can't argue with that now if the play was to just work your way into getting an amendment to get a raise, then I can kind of support this. Then I can see that. So, and again, now you're talking about not MJF, the wrestler, you're talking about MJF, the person. And if you're feel like you're not getting justly paid, then now I have a different perception of what's happening. Then I 100% support what he did because he proved his value by threatening and becoming overshadowing everything that's going to happen on the show just with the will he or won't he and now it could be argued he actually increased the buy rate just by doing that so if that's why he did it and it wasn't a true i want to get out of my contract it's just i want to get a raise then i support it as a as somebody who works <laughs> yeah then then i'm all for it so if that's what he, if he comes out because look i don't know I mean, it's no secret that it definitely felt like Cody left over money. I don't think Cody left over creative. I don't think, you know, he says one thing, but remember that one felt like a shoot promo that he did right before his match with Sammy and we was talking about contracts and he's like, and it's not the contract that I wanted. And he took that little bit of shot. It feels like it was more about money and like JJ saying that these guys have that much value. I mean, and look, and Tony Khan, if you listen to Scrum, he clearly watches those quarterly ratings of like when people are spiking and when they're changing, you know, when they're changing the stream and who's actually, and you can't argue with the facts. I, I agree with you. I think that MJF is bigger than Joe and Punk. I mean, not Punk. Joe and Adam Cole. I don't think he's bigger than Punk. I don't think anyone's bigger than Punk in AEW right now. Even Brian kind of takes a backseat to Punk. But CM Punk's definitely more known in the mainstream. Yeah. And he was just on Mayans beating the shit out of somebody. He was? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, but if I think it's fair to say that I want to get paid as much money as Adam Cole, especially if he's one of the pillars. And look, this, ha I'm, you know, to... Pull the curtain back a little bit. This happens all the time in this business on a lower scale. 
This used to happen all the time when we'd go work a territory and we'd go to like somewhere in East Texas and we'd start to draw an audience and we'd get a little bit of following. Then they'd bring in these bigger names and then they'd pay them more. But then you're like, wait a minute, we're the one that's been getting the crowd to grow to this point where you can afford to bring in one of those bigger names. Shouldn't we get a bigger piece of the pie? This is a very a standard tale in, in pro wrestling, but we're seeing it play out on a, on a much bigger scale. And, and the hot take is, Tony Khan, if you're listening, I know you watch the show. We know you watch the show. And if you want to call in, we've got this device you can call into. But I think you should pay, pay, pay MJF the money. Just give him a little bit of a raise. Give him a little bit of a bump. Because come January 2024, there's going to be... He is... There's got to be... He's gone. Yeah. There's a market. He's gone. There's a market for AEW to... Do, you know, Cody talked about building... I'm the, you know, everyone talks about opening the forbidden door. I built the forbidden door. And Cody Rhodes made the forbidden door go in two directions. And now he proved that there is an audience for those people to come from AEW to WWE with the same music, with the same vibe. And they're going to get... And honestly, if MJF would have showed up on Raw like any time right now, he would have it would have had the same impact of, of Chris Jericho showing up on Raw after leaving Nitro, like right now. Well, I mean, this whole, this is showing Vince's long-term strategy here, I think, a little bit. He let folks go to leave to AEW and just wait it out, and eventually they, they come back. Yeah. He buys them all back. They all, they all go get over somewhere else, and they come back hot. Like a Stephen King book, sometimes they come back. Oh man, yeah, and Cody came back, and he's the heir apparent to the throne. You know, the tribal chief. Now you got if MJF is going to telegraph, he's going to WWE. That'll just be a countdown, waiting for that moment to happen. You know what I mean? Oh man, and yes. the internet will be all over it, and then he'll he'll drop on Monday Night Raw one night. Yeah, dude, you're right. I a mean, year and a half from now, Jericho literally had a countdown, and everybody for weeks are like, "What? What are they counting down to?" That was pre-internet when they needed an actual countdown. Yeah. When it was just tweets telling you what day it was. Yeah, now it's that countdown would be good, and I think it would be great. But I think Tony Khan should. I hope he does end up paying him the money and just let it play out because you're going to benefit because the more that because he's going to leave anyway. Yeah, he's going to leave. And are, if you're going to sit now, he could now the Vince move would be I'm going to sit you on the bench and make people forget about you. You know, that could happen, too. I don't know. But Tony Khan doesn't seem like he's that kind of guy. He doesn't seem like a Vince kind of guy that would do that. Like, just like I'm going to just bench you, you know, like Punk was saying in the scrum, the weird politics for the sake of politics rather than just like everybody having fun. So remember, Tony Khan's not even doing this for profit. He's just literally doing this because he wants for fun. Because he enjoys it. This so. is his hobby: is doing pro wrestling. Yeah. So I, I, I think it's great. I here's what I would do if I was Tony Khan. Besides pay the money, I would do the Vince McMahon. Where now, okay, this was a shoot. You win. I'm going to give you a, a raise, but we're going to keep doing business, talking about this, and we're going to work it. We talk about working yourself into a shoot. Now shoot yourself into a work and have that where will he or won't he? Because that's great. When Brian Pillman, like we watched the episode of, of Dark Side of the Ring, when Brian Pillman did that and he was playing 
the WCW office and like, yeah, let's pretend I'm going to leave my contract and I'm not under contract to you. And then let me go to ECW and then let me talk to him. And the whole time he was working both offices and then he ended up, I was trying to get out of my contract for real. And he became a star in WCW and ECW and WWE all within like a six month period. I was like, but that was great. Brian Pillman was so hot at that time. It was such a big deal. Both companies will benefit if they pull a quasi version of that angle. Both companies will benefit from it. And the and the the sport will benefit from it. So I hope that's what they end up doing. So <coughs> sorry, wrong pipe. JJ says he'll send MJF to NXT. I don't think you can go to NXT from AEW. I feel like it's like NXT to AEW than to WWE. I don't know even know if that really exists. Yeah, I mean, that would... What is going on on NXT 2.0 anyway? I don't know. I don't feel like there's anybody going in any direction. Is Braun Breaker still there? Did he move up already? No, no, he's still there. I mean, he did have a match, I think, on Raw. But I feel like the the revolving door that was NXT is gone. Like, now you're just... You're there in NXT, and you're just there. I don't feel like it's there's anybody moving up or down. I think they're just kind of limping it along as like a third brand. They lost that. Every time I watch NXT, I feel I have this feeling like it was shot on the same set uh, where they shot Bozo the Clown. (laughs) Well, because of the way the bleachers are. Yeah, right? Doesn't it feel like the Bozo the Clown set? It does. And also has similar lighting. It does. (laughs) The the color scheme, which the color scheme, I guess I, I got over it, but... I'm more of like when you watch that, they have some raw stars there, but now NXT, make no mistake, it's they're treating it like it's another brand, but it feels like even less than the minor leagues. There's a lot of raw green guys there. Now it feels like their FCW show before NXT. Like it, I it feels I like, like uh, third it, brand it, it feels like when you go to Big Lots and you see those weird brands of chips, <laughs> yeah. you know, that you've never heard of that brand at all, and then the flavor combinations are strange, like yeah. barbecue onion or whatever. Yep, I I totally see that. Is the gen, definitely the uh, genericos are there, but and look, the wrestling is not even bad. It's not even that the wrestling is bad. It just now it feels disjointed where i felt before remember when they were talking about nxt and it it got the app over you know the wwe network was over because nxt and like wow this is a competitive third brand remember we went to that first nxt show uh, at the music hall yeah they had here and that was like the first generation and was like bailey sasha alexa bliss um, like everybody, uh, Enzo and, and Enzo, Enzo and Big Cass, yeah. like the American, entire, that first class. American Alpha, everybody was so over. Everybody was so over. That was an awesome show. Yeah, it was. I don't, just don't feel like anybody's getting over like that in NXT now. Braun, ba- Braun Breaker is probably just because of his name, and then they took the name away. But And I'm not saying he can't work. Of course he can work, but you brought in Rick Steiner's son that looks like the Steiners, of course, he's going to get over. I mean, he's he's he can make it onto the main brand right now, but he didn't get over because of NXT. He got over because of who, of who he is and what he does. Make no mistake, don't come suplex me on my head. He he can work. So, what's up, Jason? Jason's what's up, here. Jason, what's up, man? So let's go through the rest of the AEW card because this card was stacked from pot. I mean, you're you know you're stacked when you're pre. When your buy-in match, which free on YouTube, is Hookhausen. 
against Tony Nice and Smart Mark. Do you feel like that belonged on the show? They that was originally part of the the main card. They had a long show. I feel like that could have made it onto the card. He explained why on the scrum of and it had something to do with they really spaced out. He talked about the odds, and by him I mean Tony Khan. He talked about the odds of a game seven, and it was such a hot game seven. They didn't think it was going to go to that, so then they were trying to stretch it. Oh, they were booking around game seven. Yeah, Got they were it. booking around game seven, and he played the odds that he thought there was more of an odds of going against Golden State on a game six on a Saturday night than the Boston-Miami game on a Sunday night, and he played the odds, and he lost. Well, I don't think he lost because I'm sure the buy rate. I, I don't. I don't know what the buy rate did, but he was he was tweeting like crazy and he was telling people like crazy, "Come on over, this show is still going." So I think he was really playing towards somebody watch the game and then they're going to tune into wrestling afterwards. So he basically gave you an entire card of wrestling after the game was over. Absolutely, that makes perfect sense to me because I told you I was watching it. I was at my folks' house and the Wi-Fi is terrible, so we couldn't really keep up with it. But um. That the first part of the show just was felt um, like it just didn't feel like a pay per view. The matches felt kind of small, even though you had Hardy Boys and uh, Hardy Boys and Bucks, uh, Young yeah. Bucks. But I don't really feel like that got built too well. You know, yeah. I think that was a little, a little rushed. Or um, I really they should have done Cornette's idea and built that from the day the Hardys came in. But anyway, um, after the Owen Hart Cup stuff, the show shoots off like a rocket and the <laughs> second half is great it was unreal right and yeah and i think it had something to do with the way they stacked the beginning of the card and your podcast is demanding to come in the studio Hold on yeah one bring him in but i think jeff hardy was hurt or there's something everyone was noticing that there was something off about jeff hardy that day and he kind of ran through the crowd and then he kind of ran back in and it was still a great I mean it was still a great match and I was actually surprised that it was actually their the second match. But maybe it it could have had something to do with him being hurt. I'm not 100% sure, but He got like his bell rung like he did it here in Texas when he wandered into the crowd, right? Yeah, exactly. He he did another Is crowd. that just uh I mean wear and tear? Is that wear and tear? Yeah, I mean he's he's late. He's late 40s now and I mean that guy take some crazy bumps still so i'm sure it's some wear and tear he's still so over still so over but i i mean i think the hook hookhausen should have been the curtain jerk on the main show i think i would have put i hate to say it oops just watch my gimmick glasses i hate to say it but i think i would have rather seen the house of black versus death triangle on the buy-in, and I would have had Hookhausen open up the card. And I know they had a big deal, right? They had Julie Hart, you know, and they've been setting this up for a while that she was going to turn and become House of Black, which, and she looks, what an incredible look. She has a great Good for look. her, yeah. yeah. Get her out of that cheerleading gimmick. She's got something cool to do now. Yeah, know? no, I, and I'm a fan of House of Black, but if, if, if I had my druthers, that would have been the buy-in, and Hookhausen would have been the opening match, because... Dude, they were over the entire time. And I think they finally redeemed and like, oh, man, maybe we shouldn't have squashed uh, Dan Housen like we did because he actually even got the fall, right? And they actually worked. And I just read this somewhere. It's just like when comedy works in wrestling, 
it works really well. And when it doesn't work, it fails really bad. And this is working to the point where you can see Hookhausen with the belts. Can you not see them with the tag belts? Oh, yeah, 100%. They're, those guys are merch machines. Like, they just happen to get Hook who got over organically. If not, they need to create a belt for them. Yeah, just give them a belt. <laughs> because, yeah, totally. Like, um, I did see, like, because I was at my, fo- my folks' house and no one over there was really super into wrestling, but they did perk up when they saw Hook. Oh, man. Everybody when they saw Hook. He did, yeah, it's just a, that that look is just that look that he has is so good and he has the pedigree and he's a he's a legit you know wrestler and then you got Danhausen you know the everyday man that basically grinded himself to get over like he wasn't granted and just he tweeted himself over yeah he got himself over using every tool that is and he built this character and if you go back and watch some of his old stuff and you can see the the beginnings of it and what it turned into man he's just so over and he's somebody that those that's a merch machine too and i know that's why tony khan like signed him and plus he can work get these guys the belts <laughs> don't wait too long like you waited too long for jurassic express give these guys the belts asap because they were over and look i'm a fan of smart mark and it looks like he's losing jade cargill but it looks like he's he's gaining another get 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 somebody who can talk with these guys like Tony Nese who can't talk but have a look. Get back to 80s wrestling. You know, Hercules Hernandez always had a a manager because he couldn't talk. Those guys that have the great look, that's why you give them a manager so they don't have to talk. Even Bobby Lashley, MVP is so much better when he was... Bobby Lashley felt way more over because he was the Bobby Heenan to these guys who can't talk. And Tony Nice, like you said, I mean, I got nothing against him. He's a great, he's a premier athlete, but we want to see a premier character on top of that athleticism. So have somebody come out there and talk for him. So, but I was, I was, I was, I think it, it worked really well and it had redemption and it protected Tony Nice. Everybody was protected in this match. So that was a redemption for the buy-in, in my opinion. No, I thought it was great. Yeah. I, I thought it was fantastic. Like, um, I can see why they did it as the opener. Sure. Gets everybody on YouTube interested. Why not? You want to see what else come is, is coming on this wild and crazy double or nothing show. Yeah. And I and I can see Tony, uh, Tony Khan's strategy because Dan Housen is so over on YouTube. Maybe you're going to get a lot of searches. Exactly. So that was the guy to have in there. You know what they don't do anymore? Have like I would have did House of Black versus Death Triangle. Then I would have started the second match, and then saying we're going live to pay per view right now. Why don't they bring in pay per views hot like that? Or I'm sorry, premium live. No, this was a pay per view. Super WWE, streams, yeah, <laughs> super streams or premium live events, whatever WWE's call them. Super streams are better. But like a pay per view like this, bring it in hot. Like start it on YouTube and like, okay, man, this match is great, but we're going. We're going to pay-per-view now, so if you want to keep watching, you got to pay the money right now. Here's the link. Yeah, they always have that break in there. I don't know. Maybe that's something mandated by the pay-per-view company so folks have time to grab their credit cards. Yeah, I guess. But, man, that would be cool just to start it hot like that. And then just give somebody a chance to be, okay, half your match is going to be on the buy-in pre-show, but the other half's going to be on the pay-per-view. So, uh, But we started off with what we expected, I think, I think Tony Khan wanted to have no confusion and have the will he or won't he, and that's when people realize his work. When they opened up Warlow, uh, going over clean on MJF, 
It was very cool. They had extremely them. clean. Yeah, no, super clean. Yeah, I mean, it was a bit of a squash, right? A little bit of a squash. I mean, it's still, you know, he just it wasn't. It was MJF still trying to outsmart him. Is the only reason I wouldn't call it a full on squash because he was still able to work his gimmick and basically finally, finally get your hands on him. And that's when he started giving him the business. And I, I liked Wardro- Wardlow wardrobe. Wardlow had a great entrance because they had him locked in one of those confinement fells, cells that they have for the uh, the people that are causing trouble or the gambling scammers or whatever. That was cool. Uh, I kind of like the no music gimmick. They've done that before with Dolph Ziggler, but for some reason it didn't work with Dolph. But it works really well with Wardlow because it's no music and he comes out with all those cops and he's in handcuffs and then they have to like release him. So I feel like it works well so i am gonna miss that because he is now all elite they announced it and they also announced today that he's getting some new music they're not sticking with the no music gimmick nope nope he's getting some new music well that's gonna be that's gonna be tough yeah that's gonna be tough when you go from no music and then you know insert a song folks aren't gonna buy into that right away well unless jericho have jericho write the song jer everything talking to listen to him on the scrum and that's when you realize that's why everything he touches is gold because he really does pay attention to every single thing that's happening so get jericho to do it jj was saying the build was dumb for the bt yeah we'll get into that in a second that uh bte vlog that build on there but yeah we should have podcast as tony's manager that would be good all right, so yeah, so Warlow went over clean with a, a symphony of power bombs, and MJ, MJF didn't. He, he sold it, and he did everything he was supposed to do. He stretchered out. He got stretchered out, which I thought was a good touch, really. So that way he doesn't have to worry about like not selling. He could just like I can just lay here, and you guys can pull me out of here. So that's going to be good, and that's about fifteen minutes we're going to be able to see. Yep. Then we had the Hardys uh, went over on the Young Bucks. Did that finish surprise you? Uh, no, I was expecting him to go over. So I noticed, you know, and Cody had this, and I wish Cody, now looking back, now that Cody's gone, they had this thing where the EVPs work hard to get their talent over rather than use their position to get themselves over, which is another issue that's always happened. Like, oh, the booker's booking himself into the main event. But it worked really well for Kenny Omega. He was a, a hot champ. He booked himself and you know they booked him into that although i don't know how much creative control the evps have anymore but i really would would have wished there would have been a little bit more of a build and they really i was okay with the first match happening but i would have liked something to like happen that we would have got bucks hardy too i feel like this was clean enough where you don't necessarily are going to get bucks hardy too right Uh, yeah i didn't feel like it um yeah, I just didn't feel like there was a whole lot of build for this. Um, I don't know if you ever saw that episode of the Cornette Experience where he talked about how he would have booked the Hardys uh, or Jeff Hardy showing up in in AEW. Oh, no, I haven't heard yeah, that Yeah, it's one a yet. good episode. Um, and his his idea was great. His idea was really great. And, like, he wanted to kick it off. He said he would have booked it from the get-go um, about Jeff Hardy being blocked from coming into AEW and that Matt Hardy was pissed about it because somebody somebody internally was blocking him from trying to get him blocked from coming over. Turns out it was the Young Bucks or whatever, and just starting it that way. Um, and and you know building off of that, but yeah, it just it felt a little bit anticlimactic, you know. 
I don't know if I don't know where the Bucks are as far as AEW is concerned. If they're somewhere where they're not happy, you know, they seem to be on the back burner, um, company wise, right? Yeah, I don't really know where do they go from here because I don't think Jurassic is they're setting up to lose their belt soon. Uh, do you put it back on the Bucks? No, I don't. I think there's I think there's too much other talent now. It's got to be like you've got. Look at the, all these combinations we've got now. It'd be awesome on Keith Lee and Swerve. It would be awesome on Hookhausen. It would be awesome on FTR. Let them have double belts. Yeah, um, I think you know. Um, the, like we've said it before, AEW tends to put the titles on late on folks, and I wonder if that had a lot to do with uh, there was pandemic, right? So a lot of things got thrown off schedule, but I think. Jurassic uh, Express was meant to have the titles a while ago, and they're yeah. getting their run, and it's going to be over. And then you know you're going to have to probably you know you got it. You got to Jungle Boy Jack's got to be his. Uh, he's got to be his own thing. He's got to be his own thing. Yeah, I think he is going to be his own. But man, and you got to turn Luchasaurus heel. Oh yeah, that's inevitable. I mean, he's going to be. I mean, he's a monster heel, right? Yeah, Starks and Hobbs would be a great combo. There's a lot of. There's a lot of. There's too much. There's too much tag team talent right now. You might need another tag team belt. Yeah, and that's and that's the hard part, right? It's like why haven't they? I think they should. I'd still like to see the trios belt first, and I think then you could have. How cool would it have been if when Marco stunt? Because I think that was a really hot, you know, that was a hot act when it was all three of them. They could have started with the six man belts and kind of led into this, and then it would have felt a little bit. You wouldn't have felt it took too long because it could be argued it felt like it took a little bit too long to get the belt on Darby. And it took a little bit long to too long to get the belt on Sammy, but there's such a fine balance because you also don't want to have these belts flipping all the time, right? You just want it to feel like it means something when that when you leave that when that title changes hands. But it man, it is it's a fine line. But maybe it is a it, maybe it is time for another belt. I'd like to see a mixed gender trios belt like in Lucha Underground, which was one of my favorite promotions in a long time because of what they did like the aztec belt you know that belt was just like you're gonna have this belt but it was a money in the bank belt and then you were gonna lose it you knew you were gonna lose it because eventually you were gonna cash it in for a title and now the belt is hot man such a dynamic belt to have and then the mixed gender belt was always so cool it just oh so worked because again we know factions work so to have those belts you know like the fabulous Freebirds. With their, you know, six man belts, man, that was always so fun. That was always yeah. So they, fun. they need they're definitely. Are these Owen Hart belts up for grabs? That's a good question because I didn't realize they were even getting belts. I thought it was going to be just a trophy or whatever certificate of achievement. Yeah, but like, uh, they got new cool belts. Yeah, they have very cool belts. Can we challenge for those belts? Can folks uh, try and take those belts? That would be cool. I mean, it's definitely going to be an annual thing. So I, I don't know if that means they're going to, are they going to do it Ralph Macchio, you know, all Valley style that by next year, the person who had the belt last year automatically gets a buy. That would be cool. But we'll jump to that in a minute. But yeah, I got a lot to say about that. That was a great, great. The whole thing was just. All great. right. What's next? What happened next? Jane, Jade Cardgill went over on Anna Jay. That was that was that was fine. Yeah, that was like a rampage match. It was a rampage, man. But I love Anna Jay. I feel like they could be doing so much more with her. Like, why are they still? Why do I feel like they're still struggling with her? Like, remember when we said how hot 
of a heel Ty, Ty Conte would be. And now look how hot of a heel she is. People legit hate her. Like, she's getting real heat. She's not getting channel-changing heat. She's getting real heat. No, she's getting Storm the Capital heat. Yeah, I think, oh, man, that's so good. She's an, I mean, again, I want to see that, uh, well, I want to call her Samantha Fox, but I want to see the bunny, which I now, I see the bunny is like an announcer. Is she? I didn't realize that. Man, but it's just, I want to see that heart, you know, the three from hell. I want to see Anna Jay with the bunny versus, I, I keep calling her Samantha Fox. I don't, I don't even think she's with the company anymore. I want to see them work together and have that three from hell gimmick because they're starting to do with Chade Cargill, right? We had our first uh, surprise announcement. We had the, uh, what's his name, is now All Elite, and he's going to be her new manager. And she has that, and she has the baddie section. And I think this is going to help. Jade has that look. And again, I'm sorry I keep marking out over Tony Khan's scrum, but he brought this up in the scrum that when Jade Cargill shows up to any event and you're like, yes, I'm a wrestler, she makes an instant impact. When you look at her, you're like, wow. Like she just, she bowls you over in every way. And she can work. I mean, she's still... You know, she's still young in her career. I want to call her green, but I mean, her stuff is believable. But I want to see her almost say less. I want to have the baddies and I want to have her new representation say more than her, if that makes any sense. No, I agree. And I heard um, they were talking about maybe Sunny Kiss joining her baddies. Yeah, I thought that would be awesome. That'd be a great addition. But yeah, she needs that. um, She does. Not that she shouldn't talk so much, but like she's just she's a super like, you know, powerful, you know, over the top heel. She just doesn't need to say as much. Her folks can speak for her. I don't. Yeah, I hardly want to see her say anything. I want to like let her her actions in the ring talk because she she has what, you know, William Regal said that I can tell when somebody's a star as soon as they walk out because of her obviously because of her look, but also her energy. She just has such a great energy that she's really going to elevate this belt. And this is a belt that shouldn't change hands for a while because when somebody finally beats her, that's going to be a huge deal for whoever forever beats her. Yeah, I agree, Jay. And Sonny Kiss does deserve more time. He would be a great in the back. And she called it out. In the, again, marking out, here I am. Scrum, call me the scrum mark. I'm a scrum mark because they even brought that up. <laughs> <laughs> they even brought that up in the scrum that about Sunny Kiss going in there, and she put Sunny Kiss over and said it was great, but she just said there's just so much going on right now that she couldn't, like they couldn't really commit to it right now. But it made it sound like it was definitely that was something that was on the table for sure with that. What was the name of the other person that they signed? I know after this, Athena showed up. Uh, JJ, you, you'll have to yeah keep us honest. Who was the other person that became all elite that day? It was a WWE guy. Uh, but Athena, we knew her as Ember Moon. She came out after this match, right? And just come a run in. And it sounds like that she's going to be making a run towards uh, Jade, which I think is going to be great. It, sounds, it looks like she's sort of uh, squatted up with Anna Jay and uh, Chris Statlander. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And Chris Statlander, I feel like... Uh, I feel like Chris Stantlander, man, she's, I don't want her to lose the alien gimmick, but she wasn't really doing much with it, but she's still, everything about her, she still has such a great look, and she's another one that just feels like a star. Stokely Hathaway, that's his name. 
I like to try in different stuff with uh, Statlander, and she should. She should experiment a little bit because she was wearing. I'd never. She was wearing a skirt and like a sort of a, a, like a way different kind of an outfit. Yeah, on uh, Double or Nothing. She was. Yeah, I, I, she's a star. She feels like a star, and, I, and I'm okay with her doing that because they gotta start elevating some of these. Uh, you know, some of the other women have to elevate. You know, to if they're gonna compete with Thunder, our girl Thunder or Jade, or, you know, the Britt Baker levels, they need to elevate more. So put them in the position to succeed. Uh, that would be great. So, but good stuff. Again, I'm a mark for Anna Jay. Uh, next match is the one that I thought should have been uh, the pre-match, but it was still a great match, was the House of Black uh, defeating Death Triangle. Uh, having Julia Hart, Julie Hart in there was great because, again, what we're talking about now, that's going to elevate her by default by the company she keeps. Can I just say, Pac looks great with a mask. Oh, yeah. Pac should keep the mask for sure. <laughs> yeah, just everybody. I mean, this was a, wow, this was, that Death Triangle, I feel like is, I know you're you're unsure about Death Triangle, right? It's a weird mishmash of a thing. It is. It's Pac, you know, Ray Phoenix and Gravedigger Penta now, and, and it's just kind of like, what? I don't know. It's just kind of, I don't know. I, don't, I, I mean... I don't like Gravedigger Penta. I know he changes his gimmick from time to time. It's yeah. just I, I don't. It's not my favorite. He should do Bat Penta. Oh, Bat Penta would be good. Yeah, because he's, he's done Joker. Penta. He's done Joker Penta. Do Bat Penta. Yeah, but anyway, should. so I'm not really feeling Death Triangle. It's like, and then he's you know Pac thrown in with the Lucha Bros is already weird enough. Yeah. And then, well, we think Penta he could have a singles run. Like he's good. Uh, yeah, Penta needs a singles run. He I can mean, have I think that would be great. I think that would be really good to see that. But again. I got no heat with this match, and I thought it was great. Like there was, I don't, I, there was no matches that I disliked, but I would have just rejiggered. What's up, Podcat? There she is. In case you needed to, there's the thumbnail. Show this to the algorithm. Yeah, this is a cat video now. <laughs> Hello there. <laughs> All right, what do we have? So next up after that, uh, so this was a what the double. The finals for the Owen Cup. We had Adam Cole going over on Samoa Joe. and Brit- Another one that felt like a rampage match. Yeah. And that's why I was going to combine them because Britt Baker going over on Ruby Soho. I was, I love this tournament from top to bottom. And I actually, I've never even been a huge Adam Cole guy. I love watching his entrance and I love people making, uh, you know, getting so into the entrance. But the right people won this cup. I was I thought it was great to have Adam Cole and Britt Baker because again I'm looking for that realism. You literally now have, you know, a married couple, the his and hers, Owen Cup, and I was just like, that's great. Especially knowing Owen Hart and how much he was into family over everything. Now you got basically a family that won the cup that is the Owen Cup. Hats off. This was great booking from top to bottom, and then. Having Martha Hart come out there, I don't know about you, but I did get, I watched that and I got choked up and it was just to see Owen Hart get, you know, become all elite and Owen Hart to not be forgotten to time because there's no way he's ever, I don't want to say never say never, they might sneak him in somehow, but he's never going to get that notoriety of being, not everybody's going to get to experience how great he was and now I feel like now he is because it, she wasn't going to do it with WWE. This was great. And I even, and he said it in the scrum, hashtag media scrum mark. 
he said, I was like, I didn't even plan going out there. She asked, she was nervous and she asked me to go out there. I don't, and people were like, oh, look at Tony Khan. He's looking for the photo op. No, I don't think so, man. I think Martha Hart should have been treated like a queen, the queen of hearts. So I'm glad that the person that's writing the checks came out there and showed her the proper respect and gave her the mic and they gave her the, and the fans were all respectful. And you can even tell Britt and Adam were both very, genuinely like you know honored to get the to be the you know the recipients of these this cup i just love this and I, i'm looking forward to see it every year and i like that it was like a not used as like a legit like we're going to turn it into an angle like you know every wedding in wrestling is going to end with you know somebody's face and cake or every contract signing someone's going through the table no this just felt like the old school wrestling japan style of this is the owen cup and these people were the best competitors of the tournament i was very happy with this so are we gonna see them now um coupled up more on tv you think i hope so i hope so they'll become more of a duo now um i like just kind of wink wink acknowledging it for sure because i mean they have the matching belts right so would we want to get that yeah you get that you get the his and hers belts in there for sure like, I don't want it to go, like, full-on like they're doing with Sammy and Ty, which I, I think is great. Uh, but I... this It's working out, right? They're making it work. They're making it work. And it, JJ... It's, it's, it's... I have mixed feelings about it, but yeah, but they're making it work. Yeah, I... I just like to just come out there sometimes, and, they, and then sometimes maybe they don't. You know, it just depends on what they're doing. Tonight, I'm going out with the boys. I'm going out with Red Dragon tonight. But then sometimes, like, yeah, why don't you come with me? We'll catch a movie. We'll go beat some people up, and then we'll go get something to eat. Oh, JJ, you nailed it. This should be AEW's King of the Ring, the Owen. I, I think it's, yeah, I love it. And I'm, I'm, I was very happy with that. So uh, next up, speaking of power couples, what do you think of uh, ATT, American Top Team, versus Sammy Guevara, Ty Conte, and Frankie Kazarian with the the debut? The debut? Uh, yeah, what's her? <laughs> oh, uh, Paige Van Zandt. Yeah, Paige Van Zandt. I thought PVZ. This, I thought this was great. This is where the show started to pick up steam, right? Yeah. Um, I thought uh, I thought it was awesome. Uh, Frankie Kazarian has never looked better. He had they he had an awesome match. He did, you know, he, uh, the 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 thing with <laughs> Sammy and Ty came out and the, you know the deep the DFK the deep French kissing immediately. I thought oh, it was like man. S- super heat. Um, she had the Disney she had the Disney horn. Heel, the Maleficent heel. or whatever. Yeah, Maleficent. Yes. Um, you know that was awesome. Um, it's working great. They're turning their they're turning their shoot heat into work heat, and it's all that's it's they're doing beautiful wrestling. And I feel like um, like they're t- t- turning Ty Conte in the right direction a little bit. Oh yeah, I was a little concerned where it was going. I just didn't like her turning into just booty shorts, uh, booty shorts, uh, Ty Conte. <laughs> uh, but like, uh, yeah, they're doing they're doing um, they're doing good stuff. And uh, I would I would like to see more of one on one of PVZ versus her for sure. I want to see judo versus UFC. I want them to acknowledge that. And it was kind of weird because, you know, having Dan Lambert is going to kind of automatically somewhat make her a little bit of a heel. But Ty's getting so much real heat and they're and they're using it to make money. So I think it would make uh, Paige Van Zandt, you know, potentially a baby face. If she's a baby face, that makes money, I think. Yeah. 
that's money. But like, it's great, and I, I loved, I loved the way, the the spot where they ended it with the with uh, Sammy knocking Ty Conte out with a oh, super yeah. kick. Yep, and they then just, they practiced that with Penta down in Mexico. Yeah, and they just did, it. and she's like, "Yeah, you're definitely sleeping on the couch." And it just, I don't know. Yeah, it's working. This is the best that Sammy for me has ever been. This is finally he was one of the pillars, right? And it felt like it wasn't a huge deal when he got the belt. And then I feel like he started to find his way in. You know, first he was with you know the less sex gods. And then he's just like, no, I'm going to hold my own as part of the inner circle. And then I love that he just said, I'm, I'm good, dog. And I quit. And like, no fight, no nothing. It's just like, I'm done. And now he's just turning into this real, just like the Instagram influencers that everybody hates because they're just being obnoxious. I was like, this this is working really well. They're like that. Have you ever seen that SNL uh, sketch where it was like Jay, uh Jason Sudeikis, guy who plays Ted Lasso, yep, and uh, Christian Wig, and they're just insufferable assholes. Oh, yes. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking that's, about. That's like kind of the gimmick they're doing. They're oh. just like millennial Instagram assholes. Oh, dude, yeah, it's it's really good, man. I'm I'm very happy with it, and that's that's basically that could be their name, millennial. <laughs> <laughs> just give them that name. So, but yeah, that was that was a good match. Uh, I. I Dan Lambert, you know, he's he's a heat magnet. I, I like just seeing him out there. I just, they need to figure out a way to transfer that heat because it's just staying on him. And he's like, and he's not the wrestler. He needs to find a way to transfer that heat. He's still working on that, though. Uh, next up was uh, Kyle O'Reilly defeated Darby Allen. Uh, no Sting because Sting was hurt. And then, man, Darby took some gnarly bumps again. What'd you think? That's what, took, that's what Darby does. Was this? A, I feel like this was a match that got added last minute. It did. This is again. This is a rampage match. Yeah, this could. This absolutely could have been. So I, I think they added some extra matches last minute because of uh, they, they they extended it by an hour to make sure they had enough time for the Martha Hart comments. You know. Yeah. So I think this might have been one of those matches. It was fine, but it just it didn't feel like a pay per view match. It just felt like a rampage match. No. Yeah, I'm surprised that they actually. Yeah, because it was weird. Because I mean, I thought Red Dragon they were keeping as a tag team, uh, but these guys can obviously work. And he was just getting some work rate in there, and he got that work rate in there. But we had a lot of stuff. I mean, think about this: we're only halfway through the card, and we're not even to the whoppers. Can I just throw a, uh, a suggestion out there to Tony Khan? Can you tag him in this? Actually, yeah, I'll tag tweet him. it out and tag him yep. so he can see it. Like, you know what? If you're gonna extend the show and you need filler, instead of doing other matches, do like some house show stuff. You yeah. know what I mean? Do something. Just come out. Let somebody come up with something and just do it live and give the folks that bought the pay per view some kind of house show thing where they get to see it. And never, you never replay it again or whatever, but do something like that. Cre- maybe yeah. re- recreate that feeling, you know? Yeah. Because I think you just kind of waste these matches and, and people, you know, people don't want to see them anyway. Yeah. And then, like you said, and then they just burn off and then they're just gone. And that sucks because, again, we were talking about movies getting forgotten to time. There's a lot of times that these matches will get lost in time and then that will be it. And then what'd you get out of it? So have someone come out and cut a, a promo on wherever they're at or. You know what I mean? Just yeah. do something. Just do some kind of filler in there. I don't know. I, don't, I just don't think you should do fi- matches as filler. No, no, absolutely not. I agree. All right. Next up, we had our girl represent Thunder Rosa defeated Serena Deeb in a in a clinic. I, we knew this was going to be a hard hitting match. Was this one of the best matches ever on AEW women's matches? It's it's being heralded that with that, which just goes to show when. 
with Thunder Rosa, man, when she's she's ready to bring it, and she, she's she's one of the best. She's well, her and Serena best. work better together than her and Britt, honestly. Yeah, you know what I mean. They had the rivalry, but if you remember when Thunder Rosa first broke out in AEW, her first run was with Serena Deeb, and those matches were awesome. And then they kind of put that you know they put that away. I think they've been saving it. Yeah, because they. They're like the Blues Brothers. They no. just like they have a fluid chemistry. Yeah, no, it's so good. I mean, well, Serena is the professor, and we know Thunder has become a student of the game. And I, I pop. I don't know about you, but I pop big. I even put this on our on our Instagram when she gave. You know, we just watched the Thunder Rosa Taco vlog where she, you know, pulling the curtain back a little bit and seeing that Dustin Rhodes is her her mentor like her not only her agent but her mentor but when she dropped her knees and she gave that dustin rhodes uppercut and then she did the gold dust of and then she did hers and i was like oh i popped big man i marked yeah, that was out awesome. on that. That yeah was i awesome. parked i marked out with that but yeah this was a great match and honestly i don't want this to be the end i want to see i want to this is the kind of these are the opponents this is the steamboat flare stuff that you want to see a trilogy of matches with these two. I agree 100%. This is they work their their work together is amazing. I think they can do way more stuff. Stretch this out. Give Serena some time to build her as well, you know, cuz I think she's still finding her footing as far as her gimmick. I mean, she's awesome. Um, but just yeah, yeah. she's getting there, you know. And she's just so good. Yeah, we got to I know she's now she's probably one of the busiest women in pro wrestling right now, so we wouldn't even be able to see her locally, like even Super. But we should definitely need to support Mission Pro because yeah, Thunder's she's taken off, man. She's again, she's just she's continuing her trajectory to up and to the right. So uh, again, and that 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 could have been the main event, and it wasn't the main event yet, and that but it had that was a main event caliber match, but then we had this. I don't even know what to describe it. It was it was supposed to be the antithesis of Stadium Stampede, and it was anarchy in the arena when you had the Jericho Appreciation Society going over on BCC and uh, Eddie Kingston, Santana, and Ortiz. I loved it. Oh my god, dude! I loved it. I yeah. thought it was so good. Like what a what a way to sort of. Uh, transition out of what just happened and 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 create it. They played the wild thing like 10 times in a row right yeah oh yeah and did you and <laughs> they you, just didn't stop it was on a loop yeah hashtag media scrum here i go again and jericho kind of brought that up and he kind of gave homage to new jack who was also known for letting his theme music played while all the carnage kind of took place and then jericho taking it to another level it's just like what if the music's playing and then finally me being the ultimate heels like shut this music up and then i'm gonna break the soundboard and that's what stops the music i was like i just that those small little nuances means so much but dude that was crazy and then you know eddie kingston coming out with the gas can that was another what an image of just like the bloody yankee shirt and he's like his face is all swollen and he just reminded you of like the 60s brooklyn dad whose son just got beat up and then he went there and then he got beat up so he said i'm gonna go home and get something and i'm gonna show you a lesson and he's coming down the street with the, the gas can and they're trying to stop him and man that was just so this was just this was carnage and it like created its own thing in the middle of this pay-per-view like that's just gonna be a memorable match when you can remember uh the uh, anarchy in the arena from, oh yeah um, number one yeah yeah this and man this if i at this moment i felt really nervous for cm punk adam page 
I was just like, wow, like that was just so much to follow. How do you follow that? How are you going to follow that? Just because it was so much for the fans in attendance, they're going to just be like out of breath. Well, but but the thing is, it's it's a different kind of a match. It's it was there was you know hardly any ring action. It's just a melee, a whole, an entirely oh, different thing. So by the time it's over, you you're adjusting back to normal wrestling. It feels fresh again. It's like okay, and here comes a wrestling match now. Yeah, you know you have not, instead of you know taking in the uh, main event after ten wrestling matches just happened before it. <laughs> exactly. You just have that break where it's like, ah, oh, yeah, awesome. Were you surprised at the uh, the finish? What a vicious finish. What a vicious finish. Um, I, I mean, I don't know what I was expecting. I was satisfied with it. I, I, it was a good story. I liked it. Well, if they were going to play it safe, right? You take one of the 2.0 guys who aren't 100% over yet. They're trying to obviously get them over by putting them in the Jericho Appreciation Society. And you could have did the same thing to one of those guys which I don't even know them by name yet. I just know them by the... Fr- and they could have took the fall. But again, you took pretty much one of the most over guys in this match. And you take the other... You know, you got Jericho and then Jake Hager and just do this vicious double team. And then even a nod to... Remember, Brian got fired from WWE for, you know, using the Dapper Yapper's tie and choking him with a tie. It's like, no, we can't choke people with ties, pal. And then now he went over to the... And then he passed out from it and he just woke up like I was just again, it felt a little bit like this was really, really vicious and it didn't hurt Brian at all to take this loss. And then when he woke up, it just it felt like legitimate, like he was just like furious. I thought it was a brave finish that paid off. It was great. Yeah. It was a great match. It was its own contained thing. Daniel Bryan definitely uh, to me, he's the best wrestler working right now. He doesn't need a title. He doesn't need anything. And he can get you over by beating you. He can get himself over by losing. Like, he's just, he's great. Yeah. Oh, I think every everything about this worked. And this is one, there's not many that you want to go back and watch, but this is a match I'm going to go back and watch again. Right. This is one that you can just watch by itself. For sure. Yeah, by itself as its own thing. Uh, and then the, the cool down match was for the tag belts with the basically the triple threat, Jurassic Express, uh, going over on Team Taz and Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland. Uh, I don't. I, this was this this was another match that I felt like was strange placement. Rampage. Uh, yeah, like an I episode did, of Rampage was filmed in the middle of Double or Nothing. Yeah, in the middle of a paper. I don't. Again, like looking back at the card, I don't know what I would put here. You know. Like I guess the what you would consider a cooldown match is like you could have put Jade there, but then you don't want. Obviously, that's not going to do anything for her, and you can't. I guess you could have put Thunder Rose, and they would have survived being after that match. So I don't. I don't know if that's the best match for that pl- placement for that match, and I don't really remember much about that match to be honest. I really don't. Yeah, I mean, I, but, I don't remember. But I think, again, I, it, this is all setting up for Jungle Jack's single run. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, it's time. It's time to go ahead and pull the trigger on that. I think that they've they had their run. They've pretty much done all they can do with the belts. There's not a whole lot. And and I think the the interest in that is waning. And I think the you have to go ahead and just uh set out Jungle Boy Jack on his own. Yeah. He's gotta he, be his he, own man now. And he's gonna have over. his pet dinosaur. Nope. Yeah, and it's gonna get Luchasaurus some some major heat. Like you can't make Jungle Jack to heal. I don't think it would work. No, absolutely uh, not. Yeah, I don't think that would work yet. 
So, and then we had the main event. Then we finally got to the main event. And, Four and a half hours later. Yeah. And CM Punk, the summer of punk has begun. Going over on Adam Page, ending the the reign that we waited for for a long time. And it felt, I was unsure. I was like, man, are they, are, is it already time to take the belt off of Page? But when I saw it happen and being the crowd was, I guess, a little bit split. But I feel like Punk was still getting more of the chance. But there was still some cowboy shit chance. But were the chance over because they wanted him to go over or they just like that chant. But I think it would have been a mistake to not give uh, for punk to not have a run at the top. Because like you said, he's the most bankable star media scrum. Mark, I am, you know, they talked about it. He's the one that got him in the black. You need to have him as the face of your company for a little while. And it was time. Like he didn't come right in like Hulk Hogan and WCW 95. And like my first match, I'm going over on Ric Flair and you're giving me the belt right away. I mean, punk had a run before he got to this. He had a run of getting other people over. It wasn't just about punk. I mean, punk was over, but I mean, his stuff with MJF was so memorable. Everybody he worked, he made sure he did his best to get them in the best place. He really is giving so much back to all these guys that I love the idea of him being on top and now having to uh, defend that belt. And, and you know, yeah, JJ, you said it. You're, you're absolutely right. I mean, we have not seen the last of Adam Page on top. You know, I'd like to see, you know, what where, where he goes from here, and that's what's going to determine him, him, him getting that second run. But it's it would be great to have a nice summer punk and getting bringing creating more adversaries that are worthy of being on top, like MJF or Adam Page. And he was shoot crying there at the end. Oh, yeah. Shoot tears. Okay, I mean, just basically never thought I'd be back in this business, and now I'm back on top of this back business. Back on top. Back on top with the it belt. It makes sense. It was good. It's great. Uh, you know, respect to Anna Page, but he got the belt late. Yeah. As things didn't do in AEW. Excuse me. Um, <clears throat> He got the belt late, so his run was cut short, unfortunately. And I think it's I think it's time. I mean, I don't know that he was super over as a champ. He was super over on his way up there. Uh, but once he got it, I feel like he just kind of ran out of steam, right? And I, I mean, feel like that kind of happened with the, yeah, all the, the people who got the belt late, I feel like they, it didn't, the belt is supposed to elevate the people and these, the, the guys that had the belt were already kind of elevated and the belt really didn't add anything to them. And we find out the journey was the destination of just like the journey of him getting there. I, I think he deserved, you know, deserved the belt. He's going to, he's going to have it again. I want to see them do something a little bit different with him. Like now I want to see the Adam page. How are you going to react now that you don't have the belt, you know? And because I don't know, no, I don't know if I necessarily am ready to see a rematch of punk versus page, you know, not, not a pay-per-view worthy one. It didn't feel like it got personal. Maybe now if I, if you're going to do a rematch with him and punk, then you're going to have to, it was already starting to get a little personal, now it needs to get a lot personal. Were they telegraphing a little bit of a heel turn with uh, Adam Page when I'd he was like trying to decide whether or not to, to hit him with the belt or not? I like, yeah, I, I thought that was great. I thought that was a nice little nuanced touch. And now I want to see a will he or won't he. I want him to lean a little bit more into the anti-heel. If you want to be the stone cold of AEW, then sometimes you, you are going to have to hit the belt and he's going to... I think it would be great to have that, you know, crisis of consciousness. Like if I would have just hit him with the belt like I wanted to, I would have won. And I'd like to see him get a little bit darker. So, but 
all in all, thumbs up for this this pay-per-view. I mean, it was a great pay-per-view. Tony Khan goes out of his way. He's like, he really is trying to please the fans. If you listen to this man talk, I know he's trying to make money and he's using analytics and he's using data, but he's literally trying to please the fans because Vince McMahon says it's all for the WWE universe, but your opinion does not mean anything compared to what it means to Tony Khan. 